When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the New European Podcast. Uh, my name is Richard Porritt. I'm joined by the journalist Jerry Scott, the editor of the New European, Matt Kelly, and uh, our regular guest, uh, Steve Anglesey. And you join us um, on the morning after the night before, a quite extraordinary uh, election night. Um, still a lot to be played out, obviously. Um, but we are awaiting um, Theresa May's next move. We believe she's going to the palace and is going to form a, an informal coalition with uh, the DUP. Matt, what's your initial thoughts? Well, it's just bloody grubby. Um, I think... Uh Having sat, well, I mean, the irony for me is having sat through Corbyn getting taken to pieces for sympathising and meeting with Sinn Fein all those years. The irony that the first and only port of call Theresa May has got is to make an alliance with the DUP, who are the opposite side of the fence from Sinn Fein, is uh, is incredible. And I'm struck by the fact that Paul Nuttall has outdignified Theresa May today, <laughs> which is just incredible. Uh, you know, he's he's absolutely ballsed it up and he's quit. She's ballsed it up and she's gone to the palace. She said in a tweet, if I lose six seats, I've lost the election and Jeremy Corbyn will be negotiating with the EU for Brexit. Is that what you want? Well, she lost more than that and she's still going to the palace. The woman has no scruples it's all been about politics from day one, and she's now clinging on. And I think the tragedy of it is she who has set out and said all along politics isn't a game has been treating it like a game from start to finish. And there will be real consequences for real people who will suffer through this uncertainty. Uh, it's a crying shame, I think. Steve? Well, now she's got her own coalition of chaos, which is which is <laughs> yeah. the thing that she's been bashing Jeremy Corbyn for. You know, the DUP don't really seem a lot of fun, do they? They've got, what have they got in their ranks? They've got climate change deniers, right. they've got creationists, they've got some stray homophobes, they don't, like, a, they don't yeah. like abortion, they don't like same-sex marriage. They do love Bre- a bit of Brexit, though. Uh, and she's she's clinging on with them, and uh, it's I mean it's a really unedifying end to a I mean it's just been a catastrophically bad campaign for Theresa May as we said last week. Jerry, do, do you hold out any hope for um, for Theresa May standing down, or do you think she's going to cling on for weeks or maybe months? Uh, I I think she's going to cling on, but 
Look, I sat here last week and we all laughed because I said I wanted a hung parliament and was really excited about the idea. And here we are, we're sitting here and we've got one. Um, and I don't think, I, well, I certainly didn't actually expect uh, expect my dreams and wishes to come true. But, but there we are. I did think at the time that would have to lead to her stepping down, but it doesn't look like it will. It seems like she's going to carry on regardless. And I think that's shocking, really. I, I just, I don't see how she can command any respect around any kind of negotiating table either. I think this is, this is the point, is how can she, I wouldn't have the goal to come out and face the world. I mean, I've just locked myself away and, <laughs> and, 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 you know, just send the note out. And uh, and just say sorry, folks. Uh, you won't be hearing from me anytime soon. I'd be too embarrassed to come out. Absolutely. You know. It's like that. I can't remember the, the the fighter's name, but there was a there was a boxer who used to travel with a, a false beard to all his fights. And whenever he lost, he would put, <laughs> put the false beard on, so he could get on the train without people recognizing him and saying it's that bum. And that's what Theresa May should be she doing. She needs a false beard. She should be going. She needs a. She should be. A, she should be wearing a false beard while you know in the hills of Snowdonia. Um, it, it, but the idea that I mean, so she's been held to ransom by the DUP, um, but she's also, you know, we also hear this morning of pe- of people on the right wing of the of the Conservative Parliamentary Party who are the keen Brexiteers who are going to try and hold her to all of the guff that her and David Davis have been coming out with for the last few months. So, you know, there's still the notion that we might still see some posturing and extreme Brexit and uh, no no deal being uh, attempted to be forced through. I hope they do. Uh, You know, I really do think that we're at a sort of uh, a very intense point, but it's going to get to be a bit more intense before the real fractures happen. And I think if they do sort of carry on with their nonsense, then then great, because mm. the fractures will emerge within a month and the Tory party will splinter. Yeah, People like Anna Subri, who was on the telly this morning, uh, crying her eyes out, saying effectively she needs to reconsider her position and that. You know, Ken Clark's there. These are good people with not uh, inconsiderable influence with some of their colleagues. And it's only going to take a bit of obvious uh, nonsense from Theresa May, if she's that foolish, to really split them apart. Uh, I think we could still see a big reversal here in the bigger picture. I really do. Do you think that that we could see it happen quite quickly? I mean, certainly in the middle of the night, when after we got the exit poll, obviously, and after the results were... Uh, were being borne out. I heard from um, a fairly good Tory source within the campaign that, that Boris was already trying to yeah. get together a team. Um, I mean, is it? I don't think it's over, is it? Yeah, we've well, got a weekend in front of us. We've got yeah. days ahead of us. I still think that there are Tories who will be talking and and considering whether they can still push her. I think you've got to remember that all this this isn't like a development this election. This is just a reflection of reality. And the fact is that they've been living in a surreal environment up until now. All this election's done is put pay to all of the nonsense and the lies about unified Britain, unified Ooh. Tory party, about the good of the nation strengthening my hand. All of that has been exposed now by this vote. And the reality has always been that Boris Johnson's a self-serving careerist liar and will do whatever he thinks is best for him. So... If he can no, if he can disassociate himself from a sinking ship like Theresa May, watch it happen. Michael Gove, treacherous another 
uh, fella there waiting in the wings. People with genuine ambition like Philip Hammond, who knew that the knife was aimed sharply at their hindquarters, will now be thinking, well, I don't have to chuck much abuse from Theresa May anymore. She is not just diminished, she is ruined as a leader. She really, it's over for her. The only question is, logistically, how long does it suit the Tory party to keep her propped up uh, as Prime Minister? But she, it is over for her. The clock is ticking. Uh, I, a lot of people would say that the time's run out already, and she's, I mean, she's very much on borrowed time, isn't she? she um, if there was a, if there was a, a decent candidate, and let's put Boris to one side, but if there was a decent candidate to come forward, do you think that the Tories would rally around them and, and, and you know, stab her in the back? The Tories are utterly ruthless. We mm. know that. There's just no, no question. The, I mean, these days there's not really much question about any of the parties in that regard, but the Tories are the pinnacle of ruthlessness when it comes to smelling defeat around a leader. Gone. Look, I mean, look what they did to Thatcher. Mm. You know, yeah. I mean, for God's sake, Thatcher is up on the top of Mount Olympus compared to her little stroll around the valleys in Snowdonia, mm. and they butchered her when it suited them. So uh, she's got no chance. So who are the candidates, Steve? Uh, well, I, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a great question. So I, th- I, I think, uh, as we said last week and probably the week before, I think Boris Johnson is fatally holed by the big red uh, bus of lies. Uh, I think people view him as a view him as an unprincipled liar. Uh, wherever he's gone during this campaign, he's been heckled and abused by the general public. Uh, Linton Crosby kept him pretty much in his box until the last uh, few days of the election. He only made one, I think, official um, uh, official uh, press conference. Um, so I think, you know, I mean, he, he, he will, they will probably cling to him. Uh, Michael Gove is not a party leader, is he? In any way, Hammond has ballsed up with the, the dementia tax and and uh, is not widely liked. I think Amber uh, Rudd, having clung on, yeah, I mean that's a, despite the fact that she's blotted a copybook. I think in many regards during this campaign, and and is sort of as she's got a bad sort of feel about her around that, those immigration yep. stupid targets she put up. Uh, as Home Secretary but anyway she's, she's hung on she's very smart she speaks very well she seems to have had a good campaign I think she is perhaps with Hammond credible leader uh, but you know it's it's thin on the ground isn't it and, yeah Ruth and, Davidson and Ruth maybe. Davidson yeah Ruth Davidson's been outstanding well the yeah. odds have been slashed on her yeah, this yeah, morning I think they've yeah. gone down from 16 to 1 to 8 to 1 yeah um but still, possibly an outsider. Jerry, is there anyone you can think of on the on the outskirts, maybe that could uh, make a late run? Well, I mean, not so much on the outskirts. But it's interesting to bring up Amber Rudd because, of course, she took Theresa May's place for the debates, for leader debate. Um, and there were there, there were murmurings around then. You know, is this kind of teeing her up for some kind of leadership bid? And she did. She did act like a leader, and she did, I think, come off relatively well in that. So. So that could be some kind of proven track record. I just wonder if the um, the hugely diminished majority will will weigh on people's minds when they come to uh, come to consider. A... What is the majority? It's in the hundreds, isn't it? Yeah. The majority. Yeah, yeah. it's a few, it's I mean, a few you hundred. Know, a prime minister with a couple of hundred majority, especially knowing that election. you're going into mm. another election. Yes, quite. And maybe you know, and maybe that is the. Uh, 
maybe that is the reason that they are going to delay this and she will be able to hang on for two or three months or, or whenever it is because you cannot really have another leader with a, another with no mandate can you uh, for very long and maybe you know maybe you just have to have a beauty parade and then an election straight snap election straight away after that okay matt while we've got you here um what does this mean for for brexit do you think well i think it gives every mp across all parties an opportunity to to be a little bit less scared about this idea that to to suggest that brexit was a bad car crash in the waiting is going to be catastrophic for your poll that's not the case i thought it was really interesting how the swing to Labour was less in places in the northeast, where obviously you've got a heavy Brexit support in the northeast. So there are parts of uh, the country where it's still, I think, heresy to to articulate that Brexit's a potential car crash, but much less so, I think, in other parts of the in the country. And I would just, I mean, what we've written today in the what I've written today in the paper is that this is really a moment where the country stepped back from the brink on Brexit and now I think it's time for our representative MPs to take a step back and to just think about is this actually necessary to hurtle towards this um, I think I mean we know it's reversible we know article 50 is legally reversible reversible politically it's now much more reversible than it was yesterday morning uh, morally if it becomes morally desirable to to reverse it in other words we can see that we are heading towards a worse situation then i think it's incumbent on our representative mps to do their bloody jobs and to represent rather than act like the delegates they've been acting like up until this moment they're not delegates they're representatives so whether that comes through some sort of a reversal through a parliamentary vote or we get a second referendum highly unlikely i think but who knows who knows that's the ultimate thing, is who knows anything based on what we've been through in the last year? Oh, well, quite. Um, yes. Uh, OK, well, uh, we'll be back uh, with some more uh, analysis of, uh, of what's been going on after this. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Your first 13 issues of The New European are only £13 when you join us and become a subscriber. Order by telephone by calling 01858... 4388840 and quoting podcast 1 or order online at our website www.theneuropean.co.uk stay angry fight brexit subscribe to the new european welcome back uh, matt's left us but jerry and steve remain um we're going to talk about jeremy corbyn what an extraordinary turnaround um only six
started to go a little bit uphill, but you must be absolutely buzzing this morning. I can't imagine the atmosphere at Labour HQ. <laughs> because he lost. Well, well, he says he he says he won, <laughs> didn't he? He did. He did say it's clear who's won this election. But um, but that's all about expectation, surely. I mean, yeah, maybe any other day we'd be sitting here saying what a, what a disaster for Labour. But considering the disaster, we all expected it to be. Well, it wasn't a disaster. Clearly, they, no. put, they put on they put on seats. They put on nine point six, I think, uh, vote share. Yeah, um, it was. An astounding performance. Well, forty-one percent, or whatever it ends up being, yeah. is is remarkable, isn't it? And and I think it is. It's something like five uh, percent more than I was told by somebody working in Labour HQ uh, like only last week that they sort of expected to get, and it's seven more than than what the same guy said, you know, they feared they, that they might get. Um, so it's a remarkable thing. It is a massive uh, tribute to Jeremy Corbyn, uh, personally, who I think people have got to like during the campaign and who has capitalised on the, you know, anti-politician feeling despite being a career politician, as we as, as we already said last week. Um I also think it's it's a huge tribute to whatever ground game uh, or, um, or, or or however you can describe what momentum have done behind the scenes. It's it's a, for for that wing of the party who have been derided by you know inc- by people including us. Um, it is fantastic and, and an incredible achievement. Um, and they right, they deserve to crow all they want. And for a couple of days, I, I, you know, I, I really don't think that uh, that people can complain when they are picked on <laughs> on uh, on social media by uh, by gloating Corbynistas uh, and momentumites. Although I, I don't think they enjoy either of those things. However, he did not win the election, and whatever it ends up being, two six one or two six two seats is still about 95 fewer seats than Tony Blair's lowest uh, ebb in 2005. And he won an election and he was able to enact his manifesto and to make change, um, uh, you know, for, for, for good or ill. Um, but he won an election. Now, if, if this continues with Theresa May clinging on, being propped up by loonies uh, um, on, uh, in her, within her party and in the DUP, there is every chance. And, and he is big enough and other people are uh, gracious enough to, you know, if people like Yvette Cooper and Chucker start uh, Coming in and he, and they are embraced by him and John McDonnell and you know if she returns Diana but then I think he's got a very strong case to say that he could win an election. Do you think in then, two or three months? Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a really interesting point. Does does Corbyn now have to? Is it is the onus on him to open his arms wide to the Chuckers and the Coopers and get those people in? I mean these are two very talented. Um, politicians, do you think he should be getting them on his on his front bench? Well, I, I do think so, but I think fairly consistently he has said that he would like them to be there. So he's always he's always held that out, whether he's actually meant it or not, knowing that they were unlikely to come. 
Um, I think there are really effective people like Lisa Nandy, Clive Lewis that will almost certainly come back. Chucker and and um, and uh, and Yvette Cooper are really effective. I mean, Yvette Cooper has been superb in in, uh, in in the Commons, and I think has been a, a real miss. And um, you know, you can you, from what we know now, you can obviously excuse Diane Abbott, um, but I don't think apart from. Emily Thornberry and arguably Angela Rayner that that Jeremy Corbyn's supporting cast has been wonderful during this campaign. I think John McDonnell's been a bit less effective than uh, you would have thought. Gardner probably more effective than you would have thought. Um, obviously n- now he he's suggesting that he he would like to form um, a minority government. I don't think that's gonna gonna happen. Obviously with the well, I'd uh, like to form a minority government, but yeah. Well, I'd I'd like to too, but I'd like to get some sleep first. Um, but that seems highly unlikely, obviously. Um, but now is the time for them to really capitalise on this and really be an effective opposition. They've got a very weak um, government that's been propped up by some questionable characters, as we've discussed. This is the opportunity for them to be good in opposition because... Without wanting to be rude to a man who's just won an election, <laughs> um, they haven't been a very good opposition to this point. So, what does um, what does he have to do? What do his team have to do, Jerry, to to make sure that once we're back on Monday and Parliament is back in business, that they are an effective opposition? If you cast your mind back to when this election was kind of first called, and there was a you know it, it was a shambles left, right, and centre for Labour. I felt at least you know there were. Yeah, I don't, don't want to harp on about that Diane Abbott interview because obviously she's uh, she's not very well either. But um, that was embarrassing. There were there were other embarrassing kind of tidbits of media appearances going on. And if that kind of attitude, where it's not a tight kind of sophisticated approach to things, is going to come back, I think that's where they're going to unravel and it's going to uh, you know faction off. And if we let more maybe extreme sides of Corbyn's following kind of get that loud voice, I think that might hurt him and his ability to have a strong opposition. But if they if they get it together and have a united front, then I, I think, like you say, they could, they could be a strong one. The, I mean, that's an interesting point about whether... And I had this discussion um, uh, during during the evening with with a, um, a, a Labour source. Ha, has this actually been a good campaign, or has there been an element of luck around it? And Jeremy's been brilliant. Well, they have been they have been fortunate, haven't they? This is the easily the worst. I don't think I don't think I've seen a political. I've certainly never seen a government, an incumbent government, running such an inept. Uh, campaign with such a poor leader um, so that's been lucky uh, but other things they've done has been, have been really smart you know uh, the looking at those you know and again we sort of at the start of the campaign we sort of went well what is the value of um, Jeremy Corbyn in, appearing in front of these huge crowds in safe seats 
Uh, what's the you know why is he why isn't he working uh, marginals? But you know that the the answer to that is that that was proved to be a really effective. Uh, a really effective weapon for Donald Trump during the, the presidential campaign, and again the anti the anti politician thing. And here's a guy stood up in front of an, an adoring crowd, loads of people, and, and I guess people tend to look at that and say, well, maybe there's something going on with this guy that I've overlooked. But he has been he has been fortunate. The, the next conservative campaign cannot be. Even if it is headed up by Theresa May, which I find highly unlikely, it will not be as bad as it was this time. The manifesto will not be as bad. The manifesto, you know, all Theresa May really had to do was just keep her base, the core, happy. And instead, you know, the dementia tax blew that completely out of the window. Not a lot of, you know, the the mass opposition to to fox hunting, the fact that, you know, most people don't want the return of grammar schools. All of this was a complete disaster. The dementia taxes, you know, we'll we'll wait and see how how the, the, the OAP vote split. But I would imagine it's it is not as um, you know not as favourable as the Tories would would imagine. Um, the I think the the key moment for for me um, for the Labour campaign was when the manifesto was leaked. Yeah, it was a week early. Um, imme- your immediate thought when anything is leaked is oh cock up. But actually, and speaking to candidates as well, they they said they've told me that they saw a change at that moment because. Labour got two days of of coverage, and if if the manifesto had been released a week later, they would have just got their day like everyone else does, and then you move on to the next one unless there's something bad to pour over. Mm. But the manifesto was leaked, and people got used to some of the stuff in there, some of the good stuff in there. And as I said from the first time I saw the, you know, I read the leaked manifesto and I thought. It's, it looks like it's going to be long. It looks like it's going to be chewy. It looks like they're going to need about three parliaments to get it through. But yep. there's some good stuff in there. Yep. Stuff like free hospital parking. Mm-hmm. It, simple stuff that affects people on a day-to-day basis that everyone can understand. Everyone who's visited a hospital and has had to feed meters while visiting sick relatives can can understand that. And I think that's what the Labour Manifesto had that the Tory Manifesto didn't. And I think that was the moment um, that for me, that, that that Corbyn campaign started to grow. Because up until that point, I didn't think much of it, frankly, and I'm not sure mm. I'm not sure the public did either. Um, so let's make a prediction about Jeremy. He's definitely going to stay on as leader, obviously. If we are back again, I can't believe I'm saying this, but if we are back again in the ballot box, in the ballot box? At the ballot <laughs> box um, in the autumn. Um, has Jeremy got a fighting chance? Steve? Well, an awful lot of people didn't vote for Jeremy Corbyn. The Conservative vote has gone up, hasn't it, despite the, despite them losing seats. And, you know, Gerald Kaufman used to say that, you know, there were two, there were two rules for a change of government. You've got, to, you've got to hate the incumbent government and you've got to love the opposition. Now, clearly, the, Jeremy Corbyn's base absolutely love him. The... the a lot of, uh, and I, you know, you can't put any percentage on it, but there are still a lot of Labour voters who aren't convinced about Jeremy Corbyn. You know, I reluctantly voted for Jeremy Corbyn. Um, I'm very glad I did now, even though uh, even though the, the, the Labour candidate in my constituency didn't win. Um, I think uh, I think he's he's still got a long way to go 
they might have to round off a, a few of the the edges. He's certainly got to bring some more um, of able people to come and help him out. But his personal appeal is absolutely huge, and he's got all the momentum now. The Conservatives are on the ropes, and and if she clings on, he can just chip away at her. And if you know, you know, if you bring Yvette Cooper out of semi-retirement to uh, to, to hammer her in the Commons uh, as she's been doing so effectively. Uh, and get her back on the front bench, uh, keep going, keep plugging away. I think there is every reason, because people are people are sick and tired of Theresa May, and they're really pig-sick of austerity. And they are re- I, I think they are really disappointed at being offered, you know, nothing by the Conservatives in their manifesto. Theresa May has offered them nothing, and Jeremy Corbyn, very cannily, has, has offered them some hope. Even if it's unrealistic hope, Jerry, has he got a chance? Well, I I think he does. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out there and say I I think he does as much as I would uh, not look forward to another election. You want another hung parliament, well. Jerry? <laughs> Watch it burn. <laughs> um, but I think actually I think the key to it is young people, and when you look at the young people's turnout from yesterday, I think the last figure I saw was something like. 78% that could be out of date by now um, when was the last time young people voted and felt like their vote had counted and I feel like this time it really has so if he can capitalise that and he can build on that and kind of mobilise those young people in his in his supporter base to carry on supporting him like they have and build up that momentum excuse the pun um, <laughs> then I think he could have a shot or even if not a shot at winning, definitely increasing the seats he's got. Okay, congratulations, Jeremy. We are going to have a little break, and then we're going to talk about some of the lighter moments. We're back, and we wanted to focus on some of the lighter moments because election nights always have their moments of uh, of laughter, uh, whether it's... Um, a monster raving loony, or uh, tickle me Elmo, um, <laughs> who we saw uh, yesterday, um, or indeed if it's Emily Thornbury's right breast. Um, Steve, did you have you have you seen that clip of uh, Jeremy becoming maybe a little bit too familiar with Emily? Yes, it's probably the only thing that he did wrong during the campaign, isn't it? <laughs> uh, where he sort of went for a high five and a very awkward high five. And his hand sort of came to rest on uh, on Emily Thornbury's uh, chest. Um, it, it it has to be said that she didn't seem to mind, and <laughs> it was all you know. It was carried away with the enthusiasm of the uh, of the uh, of the evening. And um, in fact, anyone who had seen Emily Thornbury. Uh, on about uh, ten past ten, reacting to the exit poll, will have, have seen that she was. Um, she looked very relaxed. I think we'll we'll, we'll put it uh, that way, shall we? <laughs> she was she was very relaxed and, and had probably been in, which uh, 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 she was ready to enjoy the evening. So um, so that was good. I thought that was good. Lord Buckethead uh, was was good. It was nice to see him, a credible politician standing next to <laughs> Theresa May. Uh, there was no real Portillo moment, was there, of the evening? Because the people who went were, you know, people just 
clung on, didn't they? Ben Gummer is, you know, not that sexy, but obviously was one of the creators oh, of the... unfair well, it's on unfair Ben. But he has got a lovely head of hair, but he's not a sexy uh, name, is he? Um, but he was one of the, the sort of the creators of the disastrous um, manifesto. Um, I guess the, you know, the, the most pleasing moment for me was seeing Paul Nuttall getting 3,308 <laughs> votes. 3,308 also obviously being the number of goals that he scored for Brazil <laughs> during his uh, football career. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was... It, it was it was a great night. I tell you what I thought was was really good, and it, you know if you, I don't know what channel everybody who's listening was watching. George Osborne and Ed abs, ITV absolutely killed it for me. I flipped between all three channels, settled on uh, Ed Balls and George Osborne with on ITV at about two thirty. Went with them all the way. It was absolutely magic. George Osborne, the the the, the Schadenfreude uh, of uh, it was just pouring out of him uh, as he uh, as he dissected this failure uh, by the woman who, who'd sacked him and Ed Balls were great foil too. Uh, Jerry, what was your standout standout moment, do you think? I mean, I think, I think whether you're staying up to watch you or working throughout the night in any election, you've got to have these hilarious moments just, just to get you through, if anything else. Um, one of my favourite photos of the night, spent a lot of time on the BBC website when it was Theresa May looking not so pleased with goings on and then behind her was a man taking an Elmo costume off of his head and just that <laughs> juxtaposition of the two um, was uh, absolutely brilliant <laughs> um, but but apart from that um, Did you see Mr Fishfinger? I did see Mr Fishfinger <laughs> um, and these characters actually absolutely make it for me, of course we also had um Mr. Wright up in up in Yorkshire, who had the Alan Partridge esque video. Yep. Um, congratulations to him. Hang on to uh, that scene. Um, but you know these people, they absolutely make it, and um, a light bit of comic relief, which is much needed. The the lost deposits has topped half a million pounds. I think it's fantastic, <laughs> and, isn't and it? the group, it's the Greens that have, have paid the most. I think I think oh, the last it? figure I saw was something like one hundred thirty eight thousand pounds. It's cost the Greens. That's um, a bit sad, isn't it? Well, something else that's maybe sad, or, or maybe sad's not the right word, maybe terrifying, is of course Mr. Nuttall yeah. couldn't even couldn't even get the UKIP vote out in the most UKIP place on earth, um, such as his useless uh, attempt at, at, at uh, being a UKIP leader, and has now, of course, resigned, done the right thing, um, where other <laughs> leaders may may not have, but. Then, of course, the terrifying, just when you thought it was safe to go back into <laughs> politics, Nigel Farage appears and has told, uh, told Piers Morgan this morning, they'd said it during the night as well, that if uh, Brexit was threatened by this result, then he would have no choice but to come back and, and rescue it. Um, Steve, I know it's you're like, a big fan of Nigel. What do you think? Well, it's uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it was extraordinary shameless all of the Nigel Farage uh, you know all all of Nigel Farage's usual characteristics came to the fore uh, the first time he sort of the you know the, the ludicrous frog man uh, appeared on my television it was to, <laughs> it was to say that Theresa May was losing because she she hadn't been hard brexity enough uh, which is which was clearly a, a ridiculous thing to say 
And by the end of the night, he was suggesting that we should have another EU referendum in two years to, you know, which is 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 um, self-interest of the of the highest uh, of the highest order, isn't it? It's not been a great week, has it, for for Nigel Farage? Um, him and Katie Hopkins called reprehensible uh, for uh, for saying uh, suggesting that internment should return. Uh, or should be brought in rather. They were called. I mean, they weren't called reprehensible by Jeremy Corbyn. They were called reprehensible by Fox News. And you know, and if Fox News are going to call you a bit right wing, then you know you really should start thinking about your material. Um, uh, but yeah, he, he's uh, he's hopping back onto the uh, to the the scene. And um, and uh, you know, as I've said here once, and I will say it before, uh, I would love to see that because Nigel Farage is a complete f- idiot. Thank you, Steve. Goodness me. Um, well, Brexiteer of the Week is taking a week off because, um, frankly, there's just too many to fit into our uh, our half-an-hour podcast. Um, so that's it from us. Thank you for listening to this election special. Please do go and buy the paper. It is out uh, on Saturday and it'll be on sale all week. There's tons of good stuff in there. Um, and log on to our website, www theneweuropean.co.uk If you'd like to pose us some questions here that we will answer on the podcast then um, use the hashtag TNEpodcast um, on Twitter and we shall pick those up and answer them. It's been quite a campaign, it was quite a night we're all going to bed. Terrific. Not together. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.